Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by Aaron Rodgers' famous quote from a couple seasons ago. Everybody relax. Okay, let's all take a chill pill. Everyone's ready to just lose their minds as if the kingdom is falling and Jimmy Garoppolo is a bust. Everybody relax. We're going to get into it uh, after the intro here. But before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast, and you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker, The Goldcast. And Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis One. And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis Three and Twitter at Rudy Solis Three R D. Yes. All right. So we are going to get into it. We we've got a very big episode for you. We're going to start with, of course, a breakdown of the preseason action tonight. San Francisco was in Denver. Jimmy G got his first start. Didn't quite go the way people expected. We're going to talk about it with the greatest fanalists in the game. Your professor of fanalism is here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We're the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis the First, baby. Boom! All right. Preseason action. Game two of preseason is in the books, and it was obviously a game everyone was very anticipated by. For Jimmy G was making his first start in over a year hasn't played since week three last year against kansas city when he tore his acl so obviously people were very excited there was a lot of anticipation about it and didn't quite go the way we wanted it to he was one for six and that one was an interception uh had a couple batted balls down obviously the big interception and it just it just really, you know, he he looks pretty rusty out there. Now, of course, this immediately sent all of the faithful into a meltdown on Instagram and Twitter. Raymond, let me get your thoughts. What did you think about this opening game? And is the freakout really necessary? There is zero reason to worry about Jimmy G at this point because if you had proper context, you'd realize that A, Jimmy G hasn't played in just about a year. He got injured in week three against Kansas City last year, so we are we are already past September, so it's almost a year. And at this point, he's only done training camp and practices, so that's this is his first live fire exercise. So I'm not surprised that it was um, the way it was. I didn't expect it to be as bad as one and six with just a pick. But, you know, he was at all. It also wasn't entirely his fault that Joe Staley, our all pro left tackle, let Chubbs in 
on that uh, blitz and allowed, which is what a pressured Jimmy and have had him throw the ball. I also think Marquise Goodwin didn't run the right route. He run a quick comeback, and I think he was supposed to keep going because when he stopped, the ball was in another trajectory. But again, that trajectory was also disrupted by Chubb, so who's a terrific player. And um, he also got batted down a couple times. You know, that might come. That's just, you know, that just is good instincts on the defensive line, getting out as we were supposed to do. You know, you're not supposed to necessarily, necessarily let that happen every time. But a lot of times the fans that do this, especially the ones on Facebook that we're a part of, they're really impatient. They don't understand the significance or insignificance, uh, I should say, of preseason. And this is all just about getting back into rhythm for Jimmy G. So with this in the, the five picks that he had in practice, five consecutive picks, that plus this one and six performance, all of that is just this is happening now so that it doesn't happen later. That's the whole purpose of it. Yeah, he ultimately he doesn't want to make those plays, but the fact that it is happening now, I think it's much better because I'd rather have him do this now and shake it off now so that by the time he does get to September that he's going to be in a much more comfortable rhythm where he's going to have better timing on his throws, better read of the defense, looking off the defenders when they're supposed to be so that they're not reading him and he's not telegraphing his throws, which we saw some of that too, especially that last throw that almost got picked off um, on the right side. But other than that, you know, it's uh, nothing to worry about. Absolutely. I would agree. It's nothing to worry about. Let's talk about some of the more positives here. The defensive line, again, the depth. We had no DeForest Buckner, D Ford, Nick Bosa, all haven't played yet, yet the defensive line had six sacks and 11 tackles for a loss. And we talked about this after the first preseason game. We are looking at a defensive line that does have a lot of depth to it. What did, what did you think about the defensive line? I thought uh, they did great. The fact that they've only allowed one touchdown uh, in two game, two straight games, or I'm, in two games they've only allowed one touchdown and just some, a few field goals against you know twos and threes of other teams. Both you know it doesn't mean that we're going to be a terrific defense because we haven't seen the starters play as a cohesive unit yet in a live you know a live actual game. But um, what it does show, as you alluded to, is that it shows that we've got much better depth this time around. You know, six sacks and 11 TFLs, that's huge. Um, th- those are big numbers. Obviously, we won't, I don't necessarily, I mean, that those are kind, that those are big days, you know, those are anomalies in a regular season game, you know. So usually that's when you're dominating a, a team in a, in a game like that, when you're putting up those kind of numbers. But still really good to see. That means that if, you know, something were to happen, which it most ultimately will, Jaglowski Tart was, you know, reminds me of Reuben Foster with how often he gets, uh, you know, stingers and has to come out for a play or so. And when that does happen, it's nice to know that we've got some players to fill in the void. I think Contavious Street is probably one of my favorite players coming off of, uh, of off the defensive line. I thought Jay Bromley played well too. He had he actually had two sacks and two TFLs. He had uh, the bulk of of those stats out of any any one player. So that was really good to see. Um, Dante Johnson played well, and he's a player that you know struggled a lot in his first couple years with San Francisco. Uh, Tart was great in the beginning before he got a little stinger and came and came out, but he did come back in after that, so that was good. Um, Solomon Thomas had a TFL. Great to see him getting into the mix there. We want to see more from him. Akella Witherspoon had a TFL, 
So again, Marcel Harris had a TFL. Everybody chipped in. So the fact that it wasn't like concentrated on just a, uh, less than a handful of players that everybody was chipping in on this is a good sign for the depth. So we're and we're going to need it, you know, because I don't I don't trust everybody on this roster to stay healthy. No, you definitely cannot trust it. Not when you've had 41 players injured in the last two years. I thought Jaquiski Tart played really well in the first quarter against the starters. I mean, he was everywhere uh, um, in, in those series. I mean, he was literally all over the place. I was like, are there two of them out there? Uh, I also thought Dante Johnson had an impressive showing uh, uh, throughout the entire game. You know, with uh, getting, he was, he recorded an interception. Uh, he had a total of... I'll tell you right now. He had four tackles. His, four tackles, yeah. That's it. I, I, he was second I was on the really team imp- next to DJ Reed. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very impressive. And so overall, a lot of Debo Samuels had the one big run. He's obviously very fast. I love how they were tracking him at 21 miles an hour, which was pretty insane. He was pretty quick. And so you have two back-to-back games. Jalen Hurd uh, definitely impressed in game one, and Debo Samuel impressed in game two. And that says a lot because there's – Obviously, a lot of pressure on the 49er receivers to do something. We don't have any veteran leadership at that position. So one position I've been hammering all offseason right now that we don't have any veteran leaders on. So it's really, it's really some rooks, you know, some rookies, a couple second-year guys, and then, you know, Marquise Goodwin is the closest thing we have to a veteran. And, right, and you know, zero catches. Yeah. And a, and and a missed route, a, a broken route. Kendrick Bourne dropped another ball, but he made it up with two other catches and a touchdown. So it's nice to see yeah, him Ken, Ken, have a bounce back game. Kendrick Bourne started off pretty cold and then ended the game really well. And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. You know, he he he, uh, he impressed. And so it just, I'm with you. I think we all need to relax. You know, uh, the it's all, for Jimmy G, this is all about getting the ring rust off of him. Yeah. And I like out of the two, I mean, I like Jalen Hurd's size, but he only had one target and he was, you know, virtually ineffective this game. Debo Samuel had the big reverse toss that went for 45 yards. I could have sworn he had a touchdown, but it looks like he stepped out of bounds just before um, he got to the uh, beat the pylon. But still, um, that's back to back games. I know he had the big adjusted catch in the last game that uh, C.J. Beathard threw to him that led to a, uh, that was a, a, a pivotal catch that led to a score. Again, he had a big play here that led to a score. So the significance of his plays, you know, are leading to, you know, red zone scores, which is huge. So I like to see that versatility. We've, we've seen his catching ability, and now we've seen a couple games in a row where he's displayed great speed um, out of the backfield. So that's great. I mean, he's showing a little bit more versatility than Jalen Hurd who's more of a big kind of go up and get it receiver that at least that's what you want him to become. Whereas Debo Samuel is a little bit more versatile play out of the slot, play out as a wide out number two or something. Um, and also can play out of the backfield, uh, getting handed off the ball. How about the biggest hit of the night <laughs> coming from our punter, Wishanowski just, Flooring. I'm not even sure who 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 had the ball for Denver, but he just floored their punt returner. <laughs> that that was a very impressive. I thought he got flagged for a helmet, but it was, it was a Denver player that ended up getting flagged. I thought he got flagged for leading with the helmet or something. Yeah, he trucked him. That was great. That was great. It was my favorite hit of the whole game. I loved it. But going back to this Jimmy G thing, because I do think this is really important, and I I really want to address this and really hammer this home. 
once Jimmy G gets into a rhythm and really starts to find his rhythm, he's going to be fine. You know, I think he's a very talented quarterback. He's a very smart quarterback. Has obviously shown that he's more than capable. But I mean, as you mentioned, as the, as Booger kept saying on on the on the broadcast, the guy's only only passed 316 balls in the league. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna take him a little while to to get readjusted, but he's going to be fine. I, I would say. I'm not worried, and I think you're right. That is the good, the good takeaway. That as, as far as the depth on this team, they're really starting to gel and really starting to show that um, you know they're capable of playing competent football, which is important, which is very very important. And I think that overall, this has been a good productive preseason so far. And I'd rather have Jimmy G throw his interceptions and get his batted passes, get all get reminded of how capable defenses are in the NFL. Get get that reminder now versus in week one for the 49ers. That's not when you want it to happen. Let it happen now. Let it happen now in a meaningless first quarter against the Broncos, not in week one against Tampa when this matters. And this is for actually, you know, this is for the NFC West. So, you know, this is this is the perfect time for all this to happen. So our advice is everyone calm the F down. <laughs> <laughs> that is our advice. Raymond, any, any uh, final thoughts? Just looking, I mean, we have a short turnaround this week, so we're back at it at Saturday at the Kansas City Chiefs, the game where Jimmy, you know, uh, the matchup where Jimmy famously, you know, got his horrific injuries. So we'll be in Kansas City for that one. So I'm curious to see how many reps they're going to give him. Um, I'm not too worried about this uh, particular matchup because they've lost some players, including their best edge rusher, which is who's now a niner. Um, so I'm wondering, wondering if he's going to get any reps, but I hope that he, I, I want him to have a bounce back. I think he needs to have a bounce back game, play at least two, three series like he did here. I mean, when, when that opening series came out, I thought like, God, that was pretty ugly. I was like, I hope he gets another series to try and redeem himself. And then when that series was ugly, I was like, God, I hope he gets at least one more, maybe give him one more <laughs> shot to, to do a little bit better. So I'm curious what the reps will look like in Kansas City. I'm sure that will be a, a very common question that Kyle Shanahan is going to get. Uh, between now and the Saturday. But yeah, looking forward to Kansas City because uh, I think that's going to be a, a good one for Jimmy. Yeah, good place for him psychologically uh, to have an opportunity to bounce back. So in conclusion, everyone calm down. If I see another post about how we need to trade Jimmy G and start Nick Mullins, I'm going to lose my mind. Stop it. Uh, stop almost it. every 49er group has what's one person saying that. There was one, one guy said, uh, bring Kaepernick back. Another guy said, "Get rid of Jimmy. I'm done." <laughs> it's just the most. <laughs> God, I I don't want to be mean to to my fellow fans, but there there are some. In fact, four hours ago, someone said, "Trade Jimmy G, cut McKinnon, start Mullins, and get an elite wide receiver and safety with the freed up thirty million." Well, because you know, elite elite safeties are literally just sitting around waiting for the 49ers to call them. Oh, they're, in they're the like, parking. no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're they're, yeah, they're, they're bagging groceries, waiting for that call. And I do, I do love this. I I, I love that. Uh, uh, we we need to you know use that money and get an elite elite uh, elite player. Elite players, you know, so, some people in our in our family, some of our family is guilty of this kind of thing. We should just all we need to do. We need to go get an elite receiver. We need to get an elite this. Well, yeah, these guys. It's not like they're just sitting around. <laughs> the elite guys are on teams for reasons. <laughs> you know, they, there's there's not a room where you go, okay, we've got here's our here's our room of elite players that no one's picked up yet. That's that's not a thing. That's not a thing in the NFL. The NFL is 
in general is just so top heavy. The difference between start, you know, your first and second stringers is so huge in the NFL. You know, it's not like in baseball where oftentimes you've got guys that are capable of um, having incredible careers that are literally just waiting for someone to die so that they can finally move up the roster. Like it's it's not doesn't that's not it's not how it is in the NFL. In the NFL, you've got your starters. And the gap after that is so large. The drop is so tremendous for most of these teams um, beyond their starters. It's a huge, huge gap. You know, it's it's very rare that that you have guys that are on the sideline that are as talented as the guys in the starting lineup. That's just not how it works in the NFL. Okay, all right. Well, that is it for our instant reactions on preseason week two of preseason. We will be back later on in the week with more. Bay Area sports action. Candlestick Will's going to be coming on and sharing his journey. Uh, he has just published a book, and it's going to be it's all about the last 12 months of his life and highlighting the journey, his weight loss journey of losing over 120 pounds. We'll be back later on in the week with that episode. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We're the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.